0: Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Welcome to episode 111. 111 and interestingly enough, the day we are shooting this is
1: 2222.
0: 22 and it is 2:19 in the afternoon. And y'all may not know this, and it's but it's Tuesday. Oh. I'm telling you, it's it's And up. If, it's if you...
1: 78 degrees outside in February. <laughs>
0: The if you are
1: following
2: product. Twitter today on uh, on Twitter, if you're following Charmin on Twitter, they're giving away Charmin the toilet oh, paper yes, because they so take they are step. the number one product for number two. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they said themselves. And it's we're, Tuesday. It's <laughs> <if> two, two, <laughs> two 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 two. two, 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 two. We're the number one for
1: number two. Oh, That's awesome.
0: <laughs> I had no idea. I just like
1: that you're you, you presuppose that of course. At least half of people are following Charmin on Twitter. If you're following <laughs> well, I, are you
2: following Charmin, I did Twitter? because somebody told me they were going to uh, do something today, uh, and I went and followed it so I could see it.
1: Gotcha. I do not.
0: That's that's the pinnacle of Ed's Twitter. Feed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Charmin account.
2: I, I do not listen to anybody's political stuff on on Twitter. <laughs>
0: I'm it's at, pretty fairly similar. Uh,
2: yeah, Wendy's, is okay. Wendy's is my favorite Twitter. Is the best Wendy's Twitter. Wendy's Twitter is. You following Wendy's? Okay. No. They're, they're
1: the, the best. best. <laughs> you like, Oh, the product, <laughs> the product
2: great. follow is way better because they're not going to give you any of the political stuff that's mm-hmm. just stupid. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, I don't know that. Remember? Twitter's
0: very. I mean, uh, Wendy's is very snarky.
1: Actually, right. I haven't been on Twitter in years. So okay. I don't know. I don't know what's.
2: Going all right. On. So, I'm on Twitter. I'm a great follow. I haven't posted since yeah, like 2013. I don't well,
1: Twitter 12, is, 13, something like that. There is like some that. study about like Twitter is like one of the only social medias that like. All the content is created, like 98% of the content is created by less than 1% of the yeah. users. Whereas other things, there's a little more democratic in True. how it is.
2: Twitter, IHOP, I follow IHOP so I can have pancakes.
1: <laughs> uh, do, do you know how Twitter works? They're not sending you pancakes. They
2: tell me when it's a good day to go get them. <laughs>
1: well, let me guess. Is it every day is a good day to go well, get pancakes? Well, I'll say February
2: hop? they have all you can eat pancakes.
1: Okay, oh, here's wow. what I would do. If you would st- if, if I ha- hop, I would follow you if you started telling me the days it's not good to go get pancakes. Well. Guys, don't come today. Pancakes are terrible. Toby's on the grill. Don't come. Tomorrow we'll be back on to it.
2: Pancakes are good every day. Yeah. yeah. If it's they hard started to to, up.
1: if they started telling me ahead of time, "Hey, it's a horrible day to go get pancakes." Then I would trust you on the days you tell me it's a good day to go get pancakes.
2: Here's a little insider pancakes. pancake information oh, for my you. God. Harvest Nut Pancakes mm. at IHOP. Oh yeah. Okay. Tasty.
1: Now, now I don't think you're just following.
0: <laughs> I know. sounds a little invested, <laughs> don't you? Yeah, I it. a little too invested. I, I like IHOP. We're gonna okay. need to
1: see if there's some kind of conflict of interest. here. If, we're gonna need to see
0: your financial if, records,
2: sir. If IHOP and Waffle House could merge, that'd oh. be my perfect restaurant. Yeah, I do wow. really like Waffle House. Yeah, I do too, but they serve waffles. <laughs>
0: We need some pancakes.
1: <laughs>
2: I, I need a pancake.
1: Okay. I have
0: waffles. Are Pour that good.
2: waffle stuff on the griddle. Just make me a pancake. Uh-huh.
1: Right. It has good waffles, though, in that they're fluffy. On But, you know, sometimes you get a waffle and it's almost like an ego. Like, it's just really hard all the way through. But the, the Waffle House waffles are good where they're a little crispy on the well, outside. you can get them
2: any way you want. You just have to talk to
1: your waitress. I don't want them eggo-like. Well, say that. Frozen? <laughs> can you give me a frozen <laughs> waffle? Can you just go over to Aldi right behind this Waffle House? Give me a frozen waffle. Come back. Put it in the toaster. I'll pay you $72 for it. Is this what we were planning on talking not about? Not at all. I don't
0: <laughs> even think <laughs> he's <laughs> told what we do. I, I haven't even said the oh, purpose thing, I'm ready. Go. Which we say every time we do this. But not at the beginning. <laughs> not
1: anymore. <laughs> every time since <it's> like episode one. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs>
0: hey, by the way, we have a clock on the wall. It's 2.22 right now. Oh, it yeah. is. There on 2.22. 2.22. Yeah. This yeah. was the time to start. Charmin oh, is number start. one <laughs> for number two. <laughs> so, we're going to have another conversation. Hopefully. Uh, by the way, my name is Jason if you're new here. This is Ed. This is Nathan. <laughs> That we have no semblance of what's going on here. Uh, we're on the teacher team here at Community Christian, and we have conversations every week uh, to try and help you think more Jesus-like in your life. And people have been sending us questions to help them think more like Jesus. And so and to we direct
2: our conversation, yeah,
0: away from Waffle House and, and toilet Charmin. paper and pancakes. Okay. So this, I, I thought, is a very simple-sounding question, but I think it's going to get us into a lot of different areas. So good. we'll see. It's, there's, there's a lot packed into this question.
1: Like we, a good IHOP pancake. <laughs> 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 there's a lot baked in. Yeah, Harvest
0: We're going to bake everything into this question.
1: I guess technically you don't bake a
0: pancake. No, but, but here we go. <laughs> question. How do I know if I trust Jesus or not? Is that different from just having faith? We talk on this podcast a lot about the nature of faith and the, the fact that, and I think we mentioned this even last week, that one of the things God wants most from, or the thing God wants from us, is He wants us to trust Him. And so this question is good. How do we know that we're trusting God.
2: You know I think if we used words the way people of the first century used words this wouldn't be a question because mm-hmm. I think for them if they said they believed something, mm. it also meant they trusted it. Right. We sure. we divide, and particularly when it comes to religious things, in fact I think I said this in a message not too long ago at, in this series that we've been doing on John, that when you come to religious things people make a difference somehow between believing something, trusting something, Mm-hmm. I mean, and everybody knows what that means in the real world. If mm-hmm. if I believe yeah. something, yeah. I it's not different than trusting in that thing. Yeah,
1: that's
0: right. And I think that's why. I, uh, go back and read the book of James, and, and I think when he makes that statement, it's kind of a it's, it's a funny uh, phrase to translate into English. And I don't know if every uh, version gets it right, but he says, uh, uh, "Show me, uh, show me your faith." And I'll show you my, show me your faith without doing anything, but I'll show you my faith by what I do. Right. And what he's making a point of saying is, is you can't show me what you believe without showing me what you are doing. Right. And he he connects those two, I think, because, you know, even then there was starting to be, is this just something that I just say I believe and I put my mental faculties into work and I say, okay, I'm, that happened. Well, or that, is it more than that?
1: And isn't that also you think? You know, I know, uh, I know. All three of us have read the books that are, you know, reading Scripture with Western eyes or individualist right, yeah. eyes. Talk about how we often misinterpret things mm. because we don't understand the worldview that it was in, and that these terms of faith and grace were terms that were regularly used in their society as almost like business terms, in that the way that relationships are done because they weren't individualistic is basically you belong to a group or a tribe or a whatever, and there was a, a patriarchal figure. There was, and the example I remember in the misreading with Westernized, the example he gave is this closest to what we would call like the Godfather movies. Like this, this kind of Italian, because all that still was very much involved in like Uh, still in the 1950s in Italy and, you know, Sicily and all those kind of areas. This idea that there was one person and you would come and ask him to do something for you. And when he gave you whatever the gift was, that was referred to as grace. He was giving you this gift of grace. And then the way that you respond to grace is with faith or trust. And really what it is, is it's this really obedient trusting loyal relationship and you know obviously the godfather because it's a crime family the way it is is one day i'm going to come and have ask a favor of you mm-hmm. because i've given and you, you th- And me. you cannot refuse me. and you cannot refuse me which obviously the godfather <laughs> means a different thing but this was the way that their whole world operated and i think what james is doing and the thing you get is i think he's intentionally being funny is how could you have a faith relationship and never pay back the favor mm-hmm. never when someone has done this grace for you that you wouldn't feel and he's going you know that's ridiculous right you know that that's what it is so i think when you ask how do i know i trust in god It's have i entered into a relationship that because god has given me this amazing gift of grace not that i could ever earn it that's right but that i feel indebted that i would say i i i am responsible that he he at some point is going to require something of me and not Require in the sense that I could earn it, but mm-hmm. require in the sense that Jesus does say, Hey, following me looks like forgiving as you've been forgiven. Mm-hmm. And that I don't look at that and go, Nope.
0: Yeah, well I was saying think about a relationship that, that we're talking about here. Is somebody who says, Okay, Jesus, I trust you. And then Jesus comes and says, Well, all right. Do that. And then you go, Well, I don't know. Right. right. That's well, right. That's evidence that you don't really trust. And right. that, I think that Jesus makes that pretty clear. He, he even says, you know, the way he, he puts it in these terms, he said, if you love me, which is a form of all this, right. yeah. you'll do what I say. Right. Yes. If you trust me, you'll do what I say. So people that look at God and do what you just described and say, you know, and I know there's degrees that we all got to grow into this. I get that. Yeah, sure. But I've often said, you know, if the very first thing God asks you to do after you say, God, I trust you, is no... You need to
2: work on the first one again. You don't really trust God. I think that's
1: what, there are these ideas of growing in faith, or Jesus Mm -hmm. says, you have little faith. And and sometimes I think we think of it as like faith is an amount of something I do. Mm -hmm. I think it's what you just described there is, Mm -hmm. and and so I'll say this, my children, just because of the nature of the way they grew up, they don't always trust me. That's right. Because of the way that they grew up, they don't always trust adults. But they are growing in their trust that every time I prove myself faithful to what I do, they will, they then start going, okay, well, dad said he'd do it, so he's gonna do it. But because of kind of the broken nature of the way they came into our family, they're having to grow. And well, all of that, us have the same kind of things. I think
2: they're a great illustration because, you know, now it's their grandpa. I can see it. You have the three children that we've all adopted. Right. And then you have the one child that was naturally born. Uh-huh. She doesn't have the same hangups of trusting that they right. have. Mm-hmm. because she's at that place that Jesus could use children as an illustration the reason everybody has to enter the kingdom of heaven like a little child is little children just trust yeah. right. uh, the way Dallas used to say it is they haven't learned to manage their faces mm. right. when they when when you they ask you a question and and you give them the answer their faces just light up they believe it mm-hmm. <laughs> and they don't believe it you know they do what you say if you tell them do something they do it But these kids that have been through a different kind of situation are more like us as adults. They've had people lie to them. They've had people break promises to them. They've been banged up as almost, I guess, every adult has at some place. So then when you come to God, it's not, is God trustworthy? It really is, do I trust him? And so there are points where I go, I don't trust you on that. But it isn't. So people want to get into this thing of, well, then am I lost? Mm. Well, it isn't that. It isn't that clean it, unless your lack of trust on that thing is the end of your relationship with God.
1: Hmm.
0: If
2: yeah. if this thing that God asks you to do and you go, I don't trust you on that, and I'm done, yeah. I'm walking away. God will continue to work with you because yeah. He is a good Father, and He yes. now my experience has been for me. He continues to bring me back to that thing, yeah. <laughs> like a good dad, mm-hmm. and goes, how about now? Mm-hmm. Have we had enough experience now that you trust me on this? Mm. And you know, the truth is, even though we, we use both of these words in our, if you get down to it in the terms of relationship, everybody in our world, they know how it is as well. If I If somebody comes to me and tells me, you know, my husband told me such and such, my question is, do you believe him? well if you don't believe him that does mean you don't trust him yeah. Yeah. no matter what he said now you may have plenty of reason not to believe him but you can't say I trust my husband and I disbelieve what he says Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you get that well the same is true with God Yeah. yeah. you yeah. can't say I trust God somehow for something called heaven that I don't have any other thought about except what he told me so I have to trust about that Mm. it's not really even a trust, yeah. yeah it's just i'm not throwing my hands up on this one
0: mm.
1: well, and I think I think the nature of what Jesus is inviting us into is a kingdom where and we use this term a lot you're cooperating with God that requires me to trust him because the reason that I, going back to children and everyone sees this at some point, I remember once again in all the kind of books we read about like childhood development. There comes a point, it comes at different ages for kids, but there comes a point in every kid's life where they realize, I know things that you don't know, and I don't mean like facts. I mean... I know whether I took the cookie, and you don't know whether I took the cookie. And that's when lying actually becomes instinctual. There actually is a thing that sometimes we think like two year olds are lying. They're not. They're just answering a question. They don't, because they don't even understand. They really do think you know everything. If you're asking me, you know. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're just answering based on what they think you want. But there comes a point. When a kid realizes I have information you don't have and the reason that you become less trustworthy is not because the parent has proven themselves untrustworthy. It's because for the first time in your life you're aware that people can be untrustworthy because because I I am untrustworthy. Mm -hmm. And that often that comes into our relationship with God or Mm -hmm. with other things that because I know the way that I have been a father... It's hard for me to trust that what kind of father God is because I know that sometimes fathers don't have the best in mind. That sometimes because I've been a father who hasn't always had my kids' best interests, and sometimes I've done things for selfish reasons, and then I go, oh, well, maybe God, you know. And I don't think it. I don't think that God is that kind of God, but there is a part of me that is hard to trust God because I know my own untrustworthiness, which is why over and over again throughout the scriptures, Everything is constantly pointing back to what God has done. God has. Remember Mm -hmm. what God has done. Remember because they're trying. The writers of Scripture are trying to immerse us in a world where we are convinced everything God says He does, He does. Yeah. Everything God says He's going to do, He's going to do. You can trust it. You can live your life based on those promises. But Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, us, it's not anything to do with God. It's everything to do with us.
0: Yeah. My thought was. I don't think it's necessarily for most people. The thing of I I don't think God is going to do what He said He's going to do. I, it's actually I'm afraid He will,
1: uh, <laughs>
0: and yeah. that and I get the idea that that's not what's best for me. Sure, you
2: know I don't agree with him. That I
0: don't agree. I that,
2: don't agree. That's the best well, path. Well, think for about me. it.
0: How many conversations have have we had with people who are struggling with the burden of bitterness? over right. something done to them right. and we say well jesus said we work toward forgiveness right and they go i'm not or i can't do that right. it i don't i don't think it's that they, they necessarily disagreeing with jesus per se they're just saying forgiveness for me ain't gonna work right yeah. and it's not in my best interest i get that for the vast majority or in this particular scenario it's just not That's and right. so i know And it goes back to what you said. I know something he doesn't know or he didn't take into account. I hear that all the time, and I'll I'll be done with teaching something, and somebody will come up and they'll have a, I get what you're saying, and I know that's true, but. And whatever comes after the but is the I know something you don't know or I know something that God didn't take into account as if God hadn't taken it all into account. We just get this idea that, and it is a self-interest kind of bent in all of us is I know what's best for me, and and maybe you'll figure it out one day to God, and then we'll be on the same page.
1: Well, do you even think some of it may not even be... I may even trust, because this is me, so I'm just talking to me. Yeah. I often trust God does know what's best for me, mm-hmm. like carrots are what's best for me, uh. but I know it's not what I want. It's not what I want. And what often happens is I think this is where, for me, a lot of growth has been, and I, we've talked about this on previous podcasts, and I know I have in sermons before of making sure I'm praying 100% honest prayers because it helps me to trust God that he at least knows what I want because often and I I this happens in a lot of relationships my my wife and I that's something we have learned over the years is I I have to be completely honest because there are sometimes She'll be like, do you want to do this? you want to do this? And because of my nature, I'm I'm not fully saying what I want to do because I know what she wants to do. And so, but I'm really hoping, so then I try to <laughs> almost skew it. Well, we can, uh, you know, I really want to do that too, but here's all the reasons that won't really work. And I'm not being honest that the re- these reasons aren't good reasons. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to do this because I'm really afraid that you're going to choose something I don't want. Mm-hmm. And then I think often we pray that when we pray to God. So, because this is one thing I've been learning as we've been reading through the psalms. The psalm we prayed this morning on morning prayer, I was talking to someone afterwards about it. I said, this, it was an uncomfortable prayer because it was, I mean, it was just God wiped them out. Ripped, at one mm-hmm. point it's like ripped the teeth out of their mouth. And you're like, oh, this is, I shouldn't be saying this on a church thing. <laughs> but we're reading the prayer. And I said afterwards, that's an honest prayer though, mm-hmm. because there have been people in my life that I know I need to forgive, and that's what I want to pray.
0: Yeah, God right.
1: embarrass them publicly. Mm-hmm. Make sure everybody knows that they were in the wrong. Make them humiliated if they have to lose a job over it. If they have to do whatever, that's what I feel. But what I pray is, God help me to feel better. But that's them not come what come to
2: realize how wrong they've been, and yes,
1: or just you know, God, I know you can't control them. So if you'll just help me to forgive, and then what I eventually realize is God wants me to forgive. I don't even often have to pray God help me forgive. If what I'll pray is not, God, this is really what I want. God, this is what I I do want them to admit they were wrong. I do want them to be embarrassed, but your will be done, not mine. And I submit myself to that. That is trust. Mm -hmm. That is saying, I want this. I'm not going to be polite about it. I'm not going to hide because I think you're right. Mm -hmm. I know God wants what's Best for me, but like you said, I know something he doesn't know, yeah. and what I know that he doesn't know is that I don't want what he wants. True,
2: you know. And the the heart of this question was, how do I know if I mm-hmm. trust? Mm. In the end, you're going to have to look at what you do. Yeah. It's the only you're not going to be able to tell by your feelings because right. in the beginning, yeah. when you start out, the only way to fully trust God is to do some things that you don't nece- you would not necessarily have decided to do. Yeah, uh, and. You're just going to have to do it. Like, nobody watching this doesn't think we trust these chairs. Hmm, Everybody knows we trust these chairs because we aren't sitting here with half our pressure on our legs holding ourselves up. We are fully sitting on these chairs. And the truth is, we walked into this room with no knowledge about these chairs when they first were placed in here, and we just sat on them fully, because somebody put them in here, and we trusted the person who put them in here. Mm. We didn't test it out. We didn't investigate anything, mm. <laughs> you know. Well, and-, and that's ultimately how you know what you trust is. A teenager always trusts their parents' couch because they run in and jump on it. <laughs> they don't. Yeah. They don't go over and sit out. And every parent's like, "Hey, man, don't jump on the cl-. that kid." Totally trust that furniture. And they it, fall yeah. on it.
0: Yeah, and. and- and I will just, as an encouragement to whoever asked this question, I can tell you from experience, and I think you guys would agree, that the more I have trusted, truly trusted God, the more uh, history that I have with Him to know that I can trust Him the next time. And, yeah. and it's why we walk in and, and sit on chairs and That's not think right. about it. Because I've sat on million of them and maybe one time fallen down, That's right. if ever. That's right. And so I get that you know I haven't investigated that's, I haven't done the work but I have a lot of good reasons I have right. a lot of good history to know that it's trustworthy I will trust God becomes that the more you grow and the more you trust him and it gets I can't say it gets easier but maybe I am saying it gets easier well there it are does parts of it that certainly do
2: it, and and I would always I just think it's the way that the nature of it. So the first thing we're asked to do once we decide that we're trusting Jesus is a very public thing of baptism. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not a thing that makes any sense of why God asked it. I get there some cultural things at the time of why that happened, but to our world it doesn't make any sense. But to say I don't want to do that is to say I don't trust. This thing doesn't make sense to me, mm-hmm. so I trust me. I trust me and what makes sense to me instead of doing this. The next and I always have felt like one of the reasons I, you know, as a Christian, I am a skeptical person still by nature that when I became a Christian as an adult, that didn't make sense to me, but I knew that's what was required and I just did it because my life wasn't going well. The next thing that was required of me is you go to church. And that didn't make no sense to me, That particularly because I didn't get to go to an exciting church. I went to a little country church that I didn't grow up in, in, in Kentucky, with mostly old people. Mm-hmm. And I went every time they had something because that's what the Bible says. Don't forsake that. It mm-hmm. made no sense to me why it matters. And then, thank God, when I got married, my wife told me we had to give money.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and that didn't make no sense to me because I wasn't making much money. But those things, because they're visible, I couldn't fool myself into thinking I was doing what God wanted me to do. They were either check marks or not Mm -hmm. check marks. And I find a lot of people want to say, I trust Jesus because I feel like I trust Jesus. In these things that no one can hold me accountable, I can't even hold myself accountable to them. Mm I personally think you ought to start with the things that are so crystal clear, invisible. You want to know that you trust him. Do those things. Yeah. Start at that. Have you been baptized? Do you regularly sacrifice other things to be with believers? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, those commands aren't... They're not fuzzy. They're mm-hmm. just not fuzzy.
1: Well, and I think if you get out of your head that faith has to be a feeling thing, you know, I think your trust grows. But, you know, Jesus obviously had the most trust in God. Mm-hmm. And even Jesus, the moment before he goes to the cross, is sweating blood because he is so in turmoil, it says, in his soul, over the thing that he knows God is calling him to do. And he trusts that God. Because he says you're well, and we know he goes to the cross, but he is in turmoil over it. And what it makes me think of when sitting you about sitting in the chairs was the thing kept coming to my head was I remember when I was teaching, I just taught my final daughter how to ride her bike. And when I would take her out, teach her how to to ride their bike, the thing I tell them, I only give them one instruction: keep pedaling. If you keep pedaling, you'll never fall off the bike. If you keep pedaling, because it's the way bikes work, yep. balance works. If both feet keep moving, you're going to move in the right direction. But every time, as soon as I let go, what happens? They stop pedaling, and they eventually, the balance eventually wears out, and they fall over. And so every time they're crying, and I just go, "If you trust me," I said, "I know it doesn't feel right. I know you feel like you need to put your legs out to catch yourself, but that's going to make you fall. You got to keep pedaling." And every time I said, you just got to trust me, you got to do it. And one of my girls, when they fell off, they're crying, and they always have to have a little, you know, talk about their feelings. And they're scared, and they get back on, and they said, Daddy, I'm sorry, I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. And I looked at them, and I said, you do trust me. And they said, why? They said, I'm not, I don't keep pedaling. I said, but you got back on the bike. Mm-hmm. You got back on the bike. And so I think in these cases, sometimes I think we make trust in our minds and I've heard people. I know people who do this, and I've heard this in stories. God kept bringing this thing, and I wouldn't trust Him, so I walked away from the whole thing. And I, all I'm saying is, is would you just keep getting back on the bike? Right. Mm-hmm. You may not be able to keep pedaling right now, but if you keep getting back on, the, if you keep showing up, if you keep doing the, if you keep doing the things you can do, if you keep praying in the way that you can pray, if you keep showing up and you keep serving. And you just keep showing up. One day, like we've all mm-hmm. said, the history of God revealing himself, I believe the work of the Spirit in you. And tr- we know faith is also a gift of grace. God just keeps going, hey, I want to bless you more with this. Mm-hmm. I want to bless you more than that. When we keep interacting in that way, eventually getting on the bike enough, and I told, I tell my, my wife every time, It's I don't know what, she goes, what do you think clicked? I said, they got on the bike enough times. Yeah, Every kid, right. it clicks different. And one day, they just start... They could And I had one daughter that because she it's My last daughter watched them all do it. She got on. I pushed her one time. She fell over. I pushed her next time. She pedaled. She did the whole thing. And they said, wow, she's the best at riding the bike. I said, no, she's the one that actually pedaled mm-hmm. when I told her to pedal. But, and I said this, she had the benefit of watching all of you guys that's do right. it. That's right. And that's another benefit of coming all the time is I get mm. to look at other believers and and I've said this to lots of people because I have had many people come to me because I'm young and they go, You know, you, just, you seem very wise for your age. And I said, You know, I think I've had other people say that to me. I think the truth is, the benefit I've had is I've had lots of wise older Christians in my life. I, and I'm not saying I haven't made mistakes, I certainly made mistakes. I have not always had to learn from my own mistakes. I, I have listened to the mistakes of other people. And when they say, don't do that, I've often gone, okay. Mm-hmm. Because I've been able to watch them ride the bike and fall off 20 times. And they go, you just keep pedaling this way.
2: I say all the time in small groups or other places I'm a part of, the biggest benefit of my 40 years of doing ministry is watching other people screw up. (laughs) Right? I'm convinced the best parenting lessons I learned Mm -hmm. was trying to help other people parent their kids and going, I ain't doing that, I ain't doing that, I ain't doing that. I may not know what I'm gonna do is gonna work, but I ain't ever doing that. I ain't ever going down that trail, no matter how much it feels like it's the right thing to do. Because I think everybody that makes those mistakes everybody does what makes sense to them yes they're trying their best yes. to do it right so i knew that will feel right to me too <laughs> <laughs> so i had to decide i ain't doing that i'm not doing that i'm not doing that in my marriage i'm not doing that i'm just not gonna do it
1: and the faith of other people <laughs> inspires me That when i see people go through things and they trust god and it worked in their marriage or it worked with their kids or it worked with this it encourages my faith. It it is the thing that you see in the scriptures where the people of Israel keep recounting the stories. It becomes like that for us in the church where I can recount the stories to myself of so and so's marriage who healed from an affair or healed from this or yep. oh and so and so's parenting and their kid was off track, but man, they just kept loving and serving and doesn't mean it's all gonna work out for me in the exact same way, but it increases my trust in God. Yeah. And I think that's huge. So just yep. keep keep getting back on
0: get yep. back on the bike y'all get back on the bike get back on that the right
1: bike. there is a conference message you that's right
2: son.
0: Yes. just file that away next put that away so. that's and, good.
2: and don't put trust in some category that's different than what you know it is you know yeah, you do you know whether you trust someone or not in the real world when somebody says do you believe them you never have the thought well i believe they exist Right. Mm-hmm. No, they're in a human being that goes, do you believe your child? I believe they exist. I remember when I right. gave birth to them. Mm-hmm. That ain't the way you hear that word. Mm-hmm. When it says, do you believe God? It means, do you believe what he says? And will you do what he asks you to do? That's all it means. Just like it does with any other human. Do you trust yes. them? Do you trust them?
0: And with that, we're going to be done. And uh, come back next week and we will have, let's see, what, what is next week? Do I have a little, oh, we're going to talk about The Nature of Healings. Oh, okay. We're going to talk about, people want to know some stuff about praying for people to be healed. All right. We're going to talk about that next week. So y'all come back. We'll have that discussion. Y'all have a good week.